The following is a presentation of GalacticNetcasts.com. Before there was radio, TV, or podcasts, people gathered together to tell stories. These stories were meant to entertain or educate. It really drew people in and helped them forget their troubles of the day and experience something they've never imagined before or maybe illustrated something in a way that was more easily to mentally digest. This tradition has been reborn in the forms of not only RPGs and LARPs, but in console, card, and board games as ways to tell a story and bring you into the tale. We're going to be talking about news, kickstarters of games you should be aware of, and interview a guest about a topic that involves some aspect of storytelling. We welcome you to the Adventure Party. Welcome to the 13th gathering of the Adventure Party on this, the 27th of June. I am your party leader, Brad Ludwig. We ask that you peace tie your swords, holster your blasters, and make sure your sanity points are properly tabulated when you are at the meeting table. Low sanity score in uh, Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu means uh, very bad things for you and your character. That's not really a game you survive very well. Generally not. <laughs> when you make a character, make two, because one is probably not going to be enough. And All... practice your maniacal laugh. Absolutely. Have it at the ready because you are going to go through sanity points up and down throughout the game like nobody's business, that's for sure. Uh, the voice that you have just heard, <laughs> who hasn't given us his maniacal laugh, and that's probably a good thing, is uh, my second-in-command here at the Adventure Party, Glenn Bittner. And he is a movie reviewer uh, on the YouTube show The B-Movie Bunker and the creator of the RPG Mist Runner. How are you, sir? <laughs> How am I? How am I, he says? <laughs> okay, so we're ready for that game of uh, Call of Cthulhu. Good to hear. Good to hear. Speaking of which, now that I have developed a full-blown Funko Pop addiction, guess what I have? Funko Pop Cthulhu. All right. And uh, reading the back of this thing, it's great. Uh, Cthulhu, master of Rilea. The monster lies dead but dreaming in the city of Rilea, a place of non-Euclidean madness presently and mercifully sunken below the depths of the Pacific Ocean. Imprisoned beneath the sea, he waits to return. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going to open this thing up because... Uh, a, a friend of ours, Jeffrey Kupperman, who lives in Lacrosse, uh, sent a picture uh, when he was at the Hot Topic in the Lacrosse area mall, and uh, uh, alerted me to its existence. And so I went to the Hot Topic at the mall here today, and now I can proudly oh. say, <laughs> I can proudly say that I have Funko Pop Cthulhu. <laughs> All I have is, I don't know if you can see him back there on the shelf, behind Thundar, with his wings outstretched, is my larger Cthulhu. Oh, nice. Horror clicks. Oh, sure. Holy crap. Well, I'm going to put Cthulhu uh, 
Oh, Lord. Yours will not hurt you if you bump into it in the middle of the night, like mine, which has yeah. giant spikes on the backs of its wings. <laughs> if you get hit with that, you uh, you win in a, a trip to the emergency room. Pretty close. We also picked up some other ones. I don't know. I, 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 and I'm going to address our listeners here. Um, if you... If you do manage to follow uh, Glenn or myself on on Facebook, um, we post nerdy and and game-related crap all the time. And uh, I posted an image of, and it really needs to be seen to be kind of believed. And I am going to pull this up on screen share. Leave this page... I thought we were never going to speak of this. <laughs> I was young and I needed the money, Glenn. <laughs> um, so uh, the local Hot Topic did not have some of the Funko Pop figures that I was looking for. And uh, I had a percentage uh, of an order online store order off coupon to use at the Hot Topic. Yes, I am 44 years old. Yes, I do shop, shop at the Hot Topic. Screw you. All right. With that out of the way, um, there are some exclusive figures that they have, uh, which are, are pretty freaking amazing. And one of the Hot Topic exclusives that they have is the Weeping Angel from Doctor Who. Ooh. And <laughs> now, it's funny. The first time I really went into Hot Topic, and uh, this was probably about five or six years ago, and I ended up based on a recommendation of this young woman who worked in Hot Topic, I ended up buying the album uh, Nine Inch Nails Year Zero. And it's one of the, I'm really glad that I bought that album because I love it. It is great. And so I started going back, but that first interaction, her, her, her coworker did not want to talk to the, the old man who just walked into the Hot Topic. <laughs> wearing his shirt and tie because he was there on a lunch break. Um, but, you know, over time, Alex and I and, and, and now Anessa uh, will go to the Hot Topic to, to look at geeky stuff that they have there. And so we've kind of developed a, a rapport with the folks that are there, which has kind of been an interesting metamorphosis because it's always great when you walk out of the hot topic like i walked out of there with a cardboard box from my order because i ordered three funko pop figures that i, I couldn't find uh in the hot topic locally so i walk out with the cardboard box you know it wasn't that big um but uh you know had the had the funko pop figures in it we get it home and what i found inside when i opened it up now the figures i got were the 12th Doctor. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice. He's got, you can see he's got the sonic screwdriver in his hand. Let me just kind of turn the camera so you're not getting too much glare. But, yeah, he's got the sonic screwdriver in his hand. Arched eyebrows. They did a Hot Topic exclusive version of the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith's Doctor. And I don't know if you can really see it. He's holding a mop in his hand. And he's wearing a fez, and that's a callback to uh, the Pandorica episode, mm -hmm. where we see the uh, TARDIS explode. 
or, or we find out that the TARDIS has exploded and chaos has erupted. But this is a Hot Topic exclusive. Now, here is the Weeping Angel, which is also the Hot Topic exclusive, which looks pretty cool, and it's actually kind of got that stone finish to it. And it is not covering its eyes. It is in full-on angry mode with teeth and everything. <laughs> now, okay, I'm right gonna, by the bedside. Well, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cuddle with it at night. Um, so I'm going to share this picture of what uh, I ended up. There we go. Uh, of what was in the box when I opened it. And uh, I'm going to zoom. Well, you can you might be able to see it here. But when I opened the box, I pulled out the two doctor figures, 11 and 12. And then when I lifted out the weeping angel, the slip of paper that said, don't blink was laying underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is the coolest thing. I, I love Hot Topic now. <laughs> I'm gonna. I am here and now pledging my undying love for Hot Topic because somebody took the time to just write on a scrap of paper. It's probably some of the paper from uh, the packaging that uh, uh, was put in there to keep stuff from bouncing around and getting wrecked in shipment. But that was awesome. So I made sure that I uh, posted this image to the Hot Topic page and thanked them for whoever it was that that put that message in there because that freaking made my day. That was hilarious. So, that is hijinks from the Hot Topic. So, there you go. Very nice. Yeah. And now I've got an Earth 2 Batman, another Hot Topic exclusive. <laughs> so, I have now developed a Funko Pop addiction, and that's probably not a good thing. I would show you some of the other figures that I have now, and uh, or that Anessa and I both have now. That uh, it would probably make you cry. It can't, it can't be as bad as my board game addiction. Yeah, we should. So I really need to just take a photograph of all the comic books I have stacked in my basement, all the boxes. That will make somebody cry. Uh, usually, usually me wondering what I could have done with all that money I spent. <laughs> Ah, well, it was it was a good time while it lasted. Anyways, we digress. Or actually, that kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about today. Consequences for our actions. <laughs> 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 um, you know, we've talked before about when you run a game and you're with the group and the group either does really awesome things or sometimes they do really ill-informed things for whatever reasons and you as the game master you as the storyteller you have to make a call and you need to dole out rewards and or punishments now that sounds kind of simplistic but there should always be consequences for actions because in past episodes we've talked about people that like power gamers or min maxers who will, you know, run roughshod over the game, over the system. And you have to be the judge, jury and executioner in the game that you run. Otherwise it is no longer your story. Now, well, let me, it's no longer 
the group story. It's become either one person's story or two per two people's story who are running roughshod over the game or um, in the, in the case of a positive light, you need to dole out rewards for good role playing, good problem solving. Um, these are some of the, the part of the job description of being the game master is you, you're running the show and you also have to dole out slaps on the wrists and, uh, gold candy coins to the kids. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're calling this episode Live by the Sword, Die by the Sword, or I had to shorten it up on YouTube for some reason, and it's Live and Die by the Sword. So there you go. What we're going to do then is we're going to stick with our normal routine, and we are going to go into our game review and then grab a news story, and then we're going to continue discussing the topic of reward and consequences RPGs. And I see that you have a game selected. And if I'm not mistaken, this was something done with Professor Elemental? That is correct. Ah, yes. Well, please let us move forward with your game review. My fair ladies and gentlemen, today I bring you stuff and nonsense. This is the inevitable aftermath of Professor Elemental's imaginary polar expedition. This is actually a remake of an older cheap-ass game, remade by cheap-ass games. Uh, and the remake is of Captain Park's imaginary polar expedition. Um, what this is, is you are all adventurers in uh, part of the Adventurers Club of London. And you've just heard about Professor Elemental's amazing trip uh, his amazing polar expedition, and you all want to have your own adventures. However, you were all sniveling cowards, and <laughs> you do not feel comfortable leaving the confines of London. Well, you still want to tell your stories, but you need to collect artifacts to back up your story. So you're moving about the city of London, collecting various uh, trinkets and people and whatnot to take back to the Adventures Club to tell your story of, of your different expedition. You can go to the dark continent of Africa, go to the South Pole, go to the mighty rainforests of the Amazon. <laughs> but while you're going around collecting stuff, Professor Elemental is moving around the city of London trying to catch you because he doesn't want you having a better story than him. <laughs> so this one, I, I love the original game. I love this one because, I mean, when they, they slap on Professor Elemental, it doesn't really change the gameplay, but... It gives that thing, because those who aren't familiar with Professor Elemental, Elemental you need to educate yourself, my Absolutely. Um, if you are not familiar with Chap Hop, <laughs> I suggest you check it out immediately. Particularly, I would recommend Fighting Trousers. Oh, fight! yes, please. Find it on YouTube now. Pause this. Open up, a t open up another tab and look up Fighting Trousers and, and listen. Um, uh, that that whole album and and I bought it is is so good so yes, good it is it really really is and I it's it's just so much fun and the game while it doesn't really play on him being a chap pop artist it's that whole kind of Victorian steampunk you know kind of feel to everything um, that pulp you know pulp kind yep. of stuff and I don't mean pulp fiction as in uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis you know killing us with a katana who were anally raping black men. No, this is a different different kind of pulp fiction, the original oh type God. of pulp fiction. Um, and this is one of those games where it really matters, I think, who you play with. 
because you can play the game and you can just simply collect, you know, various uh, items and read the caption text on there as you tell your tale. However, you can instead collect your items, go back to the Adventures Club, and really get into the role and tell your tale of your trip down the Amazon River. You know, and you really can get into the character and get into the role, and it becomes a storytelling game, which is what this really, really should be. Um, and I mean, I hate playing games like this with people who just simply go, all right, I went to the Amazon with Bob, and we had a knife, and there was a shark there. I'm like, come on, get into it. You know, it's the same, it's same thing with games like Gloom and all sorts of stuff like that, where a lot of the fun comes from getting into the game and getting in, immersing yourself in the story of the game. And that's what this game really plays best at, is, is really immersing yourself in the story. Not to say that the cards aren't well written. Actually, the text on the cards is still quite funny. Um, and a good story will incorporate the text of the cards with embellishments from the teller. Um, in a way, this kind of reminds me of the Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yeah, yeah, which is another fantastic storytelling game. And this is it, this is a quicker play version of that, where it's it's a little more structured, um, and it's just you know it's it's got some nice whimsical type art, you know, and it just really captures the feel of of that kind of you know being that storyteller, that grand storyteller for someone who's going on this grand adventure, even though you didn't. Once again. I like games that let all my friends know how good of a liar I am. <laughs> so um, this one, it's it just recently came back out. Um, like I said, it's a remake of, of an older cheap ass game. Uh, they've re-released it uh, since cheap ass games been re-released. It's it's gotten a definite makeover. Uh, it comes in not a huge box, but uh, you know it's it's now a full color box and everything. It's got actual printed cards and stuff like that. So you don't need to go out and get your own stuff for this. Uh, the board is actually made up of, of cards, so it's it's fairly compact and easy to take places as well. Um, I've run this a couple times now with some couple different game groups, and we've had fun every time we've played it. It's it's just a great little game. I mean, it's it's a hundred cards, I think, of just the various things that you can pick up, and you pick up specific things in specific areas. You know, you pick up other heroes at like the I think it's like the bar or whatever. And, you pick up news articles at the newsstand and stuff like that, and you're moving around trying to avoid being caught while trying to get the items you need because every every expedition has different requirements. Because obviously, if you have penguins, well, obviously you did not go to the Amazon rainforest. There are no penguins in the Amazon yeah. rainforest. <laughs> so specific things only work with certain areas, and each thing requires a certain number of cards. Like if you want to do, uh, I believe it's the Amazon, you need six items. And okay. there are only six different, and they all have to be different. And there are Ooh. six different types. So you have to get six. We have to hit all six of the locations to pick up items that also are eligible to be played in the Amazon rainforest. Okay. Now, like Africa, I think, is the easiest one. I think that only requires two. But, of course, the more cards you play, the more points you get. Sure, yep. So going for those big expeditions, you can get the bigger points, but it takes a lot longer to accomplish. So... Do you want to go for the big points and, and hit the Amazon and maybe, you know, go to the Antarctica? Or do you want to go to Africa five times and win the game? So, <laughs> but it's also, I mean, it's it's having the right cards pop up at the right time because you only have eight cards out at a time as far as items you can collect. And they're put in the locations they fit. So news items only go in the news in the news station. 
uh, specific artifacts only go to the antique shop. So if you have an antique and the only items out there are more antiques, it doesn't do no good. You're going to basically spend the time just kind of walking around, maybe positioning yourself to be in a better spot next time. Okay, sure. So, yeah. I like this one. It's it's fun. And I mean, and it's even more fun if you play it while listening to Fighting Trousers, which is also a card you can collect in the game. <laughs> uh, and that there. is Stuff and Nonsense. Nice. And I am looking to get, yes, uh, the Indifference Engine is the uh, name of uh, the, the album that has Fighting Trousers on oh, it. Oh, yes. And uh, <laughs> when, when you say, okay, Victorian era steampunk rap or hip hop, um, people would go, what? But it is, it's truly brilliant. A great, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe you are as a person are tired of steampunk or you see it everywhere or see it done poorly or whatever. The whole concept of this thing is he is into this character. And the neat thing about this guy personally is he does workshops with, with children to, you know, if they're, interested in hip hop, um, teaching them, you know, how to, how to write, uh, lyrics. Uh, he's actually a really kind of a, a cool and interesting dude. So, uh, but it's like, it's like Alice Cooper, you know, minus the horror motif, but Alice Cooper is obviously not his, his name, the artist's name, but it is a character that he portrays. And this is the same concept, Professor Elemental, is a character who does these albums and he's constantly telling stories of the adventures that um, the golden frog, I think is one of the songs on the indifference engine. And that's a whole story of an adventure that he took to get this, this golden frog thing that he's trying to present to, uh, to somebody and tell them about this grand adventure that he took and whatnot. And it is just, it's, it's a perfect it's a perfect fit for this because I think that I have Captain Parks in my cheap-ass collection. So it, it's cool to see it kind of get a retooling and an upgrade and um, it, with much nicer cards. It kind of reminds me of the uh, reissuing of uh, Give Me the Brain that I used as my card pick from a couple episodes ago from one of my favorite uh, card games. So. All right. The, thank you very much for that. That's that's an awesome game, and it is definitely out there for purchase. So uh, find it wherever you can and, and pick it up because you're going to have a great time. Uh, it works best with three to six players. You could yes. do it with two, but it's really not going to be that much fun. No. But you get you get six people together, and uh, you know maybe some some alcohol. <laughs> I bet you you would have an amazing time playing that game. So, and it looks like it's about it's in the ballpark of sixteen, seventeen dollars. So, I mean, for a game that 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 has a lot of replayability, and you can have a lot of fun with sixteen or seventeen bucks is nothing. So, all right, we're gonna move on to the news here, and I grabbed something, of course, once again from Tabletop Gaming News. Pathfinder, and this is really cool. Pathfinder's Ultimate Intrigue Vigilante Playtest now open. They are creating a character class called the Vigilante. 
which I find Ooh. truly fascinating. Uh, it's not all the time that you get to have a worldwide public playtest of a product from a major gaming company. That's the other thing that caught my attention. This is not a select group of people. Anybody can jump in, give this a shot, play test, and, and, and give them feedback. Uh, some do it more often than others, but it is still something you see, uh, you're, uh, still not something you see every day. Well, Paizo just launched their play test for the Vigilante, a new character class for Pathfinder. If you'd like to get your first look at the new set of rules and give your two cents about how they work or are laid out and worded, read on. Ultimate Intrigue is set to release early next year. That would be 2016. Included in the pages are the new rules for a new base class for Pathfinder, the Vigilante. Uh, the rules for this class have been posted online, and you can download them for free to start trying out in your games right away. Now, thing to remember is uh, uh, Paizo's system is based on D&D 3.5. So, um, where are we at here? Paizo says that this is a class unlike any other, and they're actually excited to have people test it out. Of course, if there's no other class like it, there's chances stuff could have gone wrong or work in ways that were unintended. That's where your feedback comes in. The playtest forum discussion will last until July 20th, although uh, a final thoughts thread will keep going on until August 17th. Long story short, you can try out Batman for Pathfinder, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Go give it a shot and see what you think. And we're going to include the link in the show notes for this one. Um, yeah, that's really freaking cool. Well... Having not looked at the rules for the vigilante yet, what if if someone were to say, "Hey, you should try out the vigilante," what would you think would be your expectation of what you would find with that character class? <sighs> Damn well, better get a utility belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is that. Um. Yo, I'm, I'm trying to sign into my Paizo account here and see if I can get some more details here. And this is where we find out that I... I swear to God, I have an account. Uh, uh, sure you do. There we go. Okay. So a lot of stuff already on the forums about it. Holy moly. <laughs> All right. I'm in the process of, I finally remembered my password and I'm going to check out to take a look at this a little bit and we can. Now, when you play this character, do you have to talk like this? I think that's a requirement, actually. It should be it should be interesting uh, to see how this one goes. 
I have not. I I did a lot of play testing with the D and D set, uh, the fifth edition, um, and I like I like breaking things. <laughs> oh, it's still asking me for a card, even though it's zero dollars. Ah, well, um, yeah, I. I a vigilante in a fantasy setting. Hmm. I would kind of think that you would have some skills along the lines of thief assassin. Yeah. And some fighter skills for sure. Huh. Do you think trying to think what other different classes that could possibly tie into that. Um, Ranger. Ranger, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But anything magic-based is right out. So no no druid-based skills, sorcerer, wizard, uh, witch, cleric, all that stuff is probably off the table. Um, I know with like the martial artists, you have a key pool... I wonder if they have something like that for the vigilante. Do you do you, do you think that that might be? And this is pure speculation at this point. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I'm seeing so many stuff where people are talking as if this is like kind of multi-classed. Where I'm seeing vigilante warlocks and vigilante rogues and vigilante stalkers and vigilante zealots. And, Ugh. I've well, never entirely been a fan of multi-classing. Well, how do you expect to min-max if you don't min-max everything? <laughs> well, you got me there. Absolutely, you are 100% right, sir. Uh, what was I, I can't thinking? be just the best fighting machine on the planet. I also <laughs> have to be the best spellcaster. Ah, <laughs> uh, I multi-classing is the best way to hamstring yourself in two classes. <laughs> I just, I've never, I, I mean, I've, I've played it to try it out and it's interesting, but unless the only you, one I've done to any degree of success that I liked was a thief mage. Yeah. That I worked out that. well because they, their skills complement. Well, it's more that the mage's abilities complemented the thief. Okay. You know, being a thief and being able to turn yourself invisible is pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm kind of wondering because uh, they have the sorcerer class, which means you don't really have a spell book. You just have a pool of spells that you can just kind of pull from. So you don't need your book. You don't need to study your book. Um, so I'm kind of wondering if a, a thief sorcerer in... Uh, here we are speculating on... <laughs> good multi-classes i've never i've never attempted to do that because uh, once again i really hate hamstringing myself at being <laughs> mediocre in two classes or three classes no less uh, i mean unless you have oh, a very clear-cut vision and you know exactly how you're going to map that character out up until like 15th level well, there's it, no point to doing it you know where your strength and weaknesses are brad and multi-class means more math yeah, and no, nope, I'm, I'm out. When it comes to the maths, I am out. All right. On that note, 
we're going to uh, finish this discussion, and we're going to let Ryan Murphy take over for a little bit uh, and uh, give us some of the Galactic Gaming news. And he's a regular contributor to Galactic Netcasts. You can check out uh, his report here. Uh, he covers more of the digital beat. We tend to be more of the pencil and paper and, and board game variety, but he covers the online stuff. So uh, once again, here is an update of the Galactic Gaming News from Ryan Murphy. Take it away. Welcome to Galactic Gaming News for the week of, well, E3 2015. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy. Let's take a look at the headlines from out of this world and mainly out of Los Angeles, where E3 was. First up, we have new Mass Effect announced. EA has been teasing a new Mass Effect since content wrapped up on Mass Effect 3 with the Citadel DLC. At the very beginning of the EA press conference for E3 2015, we finally got our first look. Mass Effect Andromeda puts the new space adventure far, far away from the Mass Effect trilogy, both in terms of time and location. Explore a new galaxy and get down in the dust with the new and improved Mako vehicle. Can't wait. Releasing Holiday 2016, we're not going to get much more information on this title till I would say December with the Video Game Awards or whatever those are called this year. I can't wait. I need more details right away and if you haven't seen that trailer, you really should. It brings Mass Effect back to its roots with science fiction, humor, you know, doesn't take itself super serious but, it, but somewhat does. It's a good balance and a really good announcement trailer. Definitely check it out. Second, we have Star Wars Battlefront still looks amazing. I've written amazing all in caps here. If there's a game that showed really well, it was Star Wars Battlefront. Closing off the EA press conference was a good chunk of gameplay on the planet Hoth. You might know that one as the one that's cold as ice. Wire tripping and Luke versus Darth Raider battle. Darth Raider versus Darth Vader battles. Cannon is out the window, but that's what makes this game fun. The game launches this holiday season, so we won't have to wait long to battle it out in a galaxy far, far away. Now I know this is for Galactic Netcast. I'm gonna say it right here, folks, and don't don't hate me, but I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. But when I see video games like this based on an, on an IP that everybody really loves. I can't wait to be as excited as everybody else who loves Star Wars and this game looks really, really good and I can't wait to pick it up and play it with my friends because, whew, man, the, the, the space battle, not the space battles, but the spaceships that you can battle with near the, the planet's surface and the hero units with Darth Vader and Luke, it's just going to be a lot of fun and hopefully you're not looking for a canon-based Star Wars but I'm, because I'm pretty sure Luke from Return of the Jedi did not battle Darth Vader on Hoth, although I could be could be wrong. It's been a while since I've seen those movies. Okay, wrapping up, I know E3 had a lot of science fiction video game announcements, so we're just going to uh, just gonna rattle these things off. So now that we have the big guns out of the way, let's list, let's list everything else science fiction that was announced. Okay, Star Wars, <laughs> I already screwed up. Star Fox Zero. Mirror's Edge Catalyst, XCOM 2, Anno 2205, Fallout 4, Doom, Fallout Shelter, Halo 5 Guardians, ReCore, Plants vs. Zombies 2, Gears of War 4, SWOTOR Expansion, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Metroid Prime Federation Force, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, Legacy of the Void Prologue, I don't know what it's called, No Man's Sky, and many, many 
probably many more I'm sure I missed. Did I miss? I even missed my favorite game of uh, E3, which was Horizon Zero Dawn. That's super, super duper uh, science fiction. And speaking of E3 2015, we did live coverage of all the conferences, myself and James, uh, as well as Josh, who popped in for one. So those are all posted to the Gamers In feed. I'll include a link to a handy post that has them all. And then finally, we did a live show, which uh, Josh and I recapped all of E3 in a short hour uh, show, so you can check that out as well. We had a lot of fun, and next year I'm looking forward to doing even more E3 coverage. This has been Galactic Gaming News, a weekly segment for Galactic Netcasts. For everything I do, go to ryanmurphy.ca or follow me on Twitter at rmurphy. If you're interested in more video game goodness, be sure to check out The Gamers In at gamersinpodcast.com. Each week, Jocelyn Moffat and I run down the games we've been playing, chat industry news, and take questions or comments from listeners like you. And again, if you're looking for even more E3 discussion, definitely check out gamersinpodcast.com. Lots of great stuff. Thanks for listening. All right. Thanks for that, Ryan. Appreciate it. We are going to move on to our Kickstarter spotlight. And to do that, first, we are going to recap last week's, which was Bard's Tale 4. And <laughs> their goal, there we go, their goal was $1,250,000. They have, they've, they've passed the goal. <laughs> they have just, well, they've got a little over, well, we'll just give you an accurate number. As of right now, there are 30,613 backers on this game, and there's 12 days to go as of uh, this recording. Uh, they have definitely beaten the goal, and folks that uh, have dropped uh, 25 bucks um they're they're in they've got it it's it's happening i'm not sure that they're going to reach their stretch goals though uh, like i said they are at uh 1.3 million 1.5 million is where the first stretch goal hits and there no. are 12, 12 days no, they still got 1.4 is Monty Cook. Oh, oh gosh, I'm I'm totally reading this backwards. I apologize. Yep. No, they've unlocked. Well, thank God somebody reads this because <laughs> I failed miserably. I missed my perception check, my friend. Uh, yes, at 1.3, we will add an enhanced companion NPC system and add two more CNPCs, including two names I can't pronounce, and one of them's because it's been written over all right uh 1.35 enhanced crafting system the next one 1.4 which yeah maybe they will hit it maybe uh monty cook joins the design team and creates a dungeon that would be pretty kick-ass uh 12 days to go it's gonna be close it's possible but it's gonna be tight they're gonna have to come up with about forty thousand more dollars in 12 days and I have a feeling that the majority of the people that have backed it already we've hit the, we're, we're hitting the downward curve on that bell I think so um, well and they do they do something else as well that a lot of other Kickstarters don't do mm -hmm. and they do um, you can back them on PayPal as well oh okay for people who either can't or don't want to use Kickstarter they did the same thing with uh, Wasteland 2, 
is you could uh, you could pay via PayPal. Oh, okay, yeah, I see that here. Interesting. Huh. Very interesting. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll have to see what happens then. Because I don't think that there's really a way. The, the, the pledged amount that they have is strictly through Kickstarter, and it does not include the PayPal numbers. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here with that. Boop, just ordered mine. <laughs> you know, and for 25 bucks, you can't really go wrong. Um, I mean, you, the, you, at, at higher levels, you can get a physical copy of it, but in, in this day and age, why? You know, yeah. I don't think it really makes sense unless you really want to hold a piece of nostalgia. Or if you own Bard's Tale 1 through 3 and had physical copies, having the fourth, well, that makes sense uh, just to keep the the family together as it were all right well 12 days to go i really really hope they get monty cook on board that would be that would be pretty awesome but i see here that you have a new kickstarter for us and i am very intrigued uh what is this all about we have natalia the creation and i'm reading it this way because that's how the guy in the video kind of sounds in a world. In a world where you can have heroes like Scottish guy on a bear, chick with a hydra, and tomahawk dude riding a two-headed flaming bird, um, which are all things that are in this game. Yes. Um, this is a, uh, um, a deck builder uh, type game. Um, a little different from most other deck builders I've seen because with this one, you uh, – you're building a world for one thing. You actually have some of the cards are actually uh, map, basically like math tiles. Oh, and you're yeah. building out the world. Um, and then you have heroes that you can build up uh, and give special abilities to. And you have armies that you're going to raise that your heroes will lead to try to conquer this world. Um, it looks pretty darn nifty. Um, it uh, For those of us here in the United States, um, or actually I should just say on this hemisphere, it may be a little pricier because this is... Uh, pretty much an overseas thing. There's not a single American person on the uh, development team. Not that that's a bad thing. There are plenty of things that haven't come from America that are still good. <laughs> yeah, we're not um, imperi American imperialist jackasses. Yeah. Here. So I mean, so I mean, you'll have to pay shipping on this. Um, so it won't be built into uh, your pledge like a lot of things are uh, in a lot of Kickstarters because most of the Kickstarter stuff is U.S. based. If you live in the U.S., they kick shipping in as a thing, and they make the rest of the world suck it. Well, the rest of the world can make us suck it and have to pay shipping, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, the artwork looks pretty cool on this. You do get you you get uh, you actually do get some minis with it um, to represent your different heroes, um, and then you have all the different various cards. You have uh, your unit cards. Uh, there can be four types of units. You've got. 84 different artifact cards. It'll be different things uh, you can have. You get apparently there's five great artifact cards using the non-American spelling with the E instead of the I for artifact. Um, 77 terrain cards. You got the game board that's played on a bunch of markers and reference sheets, supply cards. Uh, you get a lot of stuff uh, in this thing. You get eight of the classic hero figures, two for each of the of the four factions. Um, it just looks it looks pretty darn cool, and they have they have plans. Uh, the first mention they plan to do is going to be to add a fifth and sixth player. Um, 
their goal right now is uh, $50,000. They are currently at uh, 703 backers with 47,000, yeah. uh, but there's still 24 days to go. So, I mean, there's a lot of time left. Plus, this is a Kickstarter staff pick. So, it's, you know, going to pop up on the front page here and there. So, that should draw in some backers. Um, they, of course, because they haven't hit their goal yet, they have not hit any stretch goals yet. Um, as far as what they have, oh, do I see stretch goals somewhere? Here we are. So, when they, if they hit 60,000, they're going to add some mercenaries. 65, they're adding a special die. At 70, they're adding uh, another set of mercenaries. So I don't know how many of these they're going to hit. I mean, I, I'm thinking with 24 days to go, they're probably going to hit at least a couple of the smaller ones. I don't see them getting up to the, where they were at like 120,000. That would take a lot. Um, but wow, that looks really cool. Um, they've got different add-ons you can add on. you got T-shirts. you got custom engraved dice. Um, so there's a lot of stuff. I, that's what I'm liking with a lot of these things is you've got when they throw in all these extra things that aren't necessarily part of the pledge, but, you know, or they might be part of a higher level. It's like, well, I don't want the T-shirt, but I would like those dice. You can add them on. I like I like when they do stuff like that because it's the, boy, you know, I want the game. And the game, I think, is, well, like 60-something, was it? 60 for the game. Well, 55 for the game. Yeah, 55. And, uh, you well, know, at I mean, least at least for, and that's for, uh there's only 300 of those that were available at the $55 level, and they've yes. uh, 216 are gone. Yeah. And then the U.S., Canada, and oh, they're charging everybody for shipping. So suck it, Europe. You've got to pay shipping for your own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the same as us. Uh, BG is free. What is or, BG? No, B, oh, I'm sorry. BG free slash rest of the world, 15 bucks. Yeah, yeah everybody. You know what? I think BG might be Bulgaria because that's – where one of the lead guys is from. Oh, okay. Perhaps. So free, free in Bulgaria, perhaps, and the rest of the world. No, or made that a separate line. BG right? is, uh, I don't know what BG could be. Huh. All right. Hey. Board game. Board game free. Board if, you live in, if you live in a board game, it's free to have this shipped to you. <laughs> Ta-da. So, um, and I, I mean, I know some people are sick of deck builders, and... I got sick of them for a while because I played way too much Dominion and they got very repetitive after a while. Mm -hmm. So I like it when people have deck builders that play a bit differently. It's not just simply, we copied Dominion and, you know, ours has gnomes. Well, you know, uh, great. You know, when they actually do something to make it truly different, that's when I'll, I'll be interested. Not just a, it's the same game. It's just that we don't call it a village. We call it the township card. <laughs> Congratulations! Great, you made the same game with just different names. That's that's awesome. Thank you. Um, so, like I said, there's 24 days to go. I mean, I can't see them not hitting their goal. That would be kind of silly to not hit your goal when you're already that close. You you know, basically they just have like you know, film a video of them peeing on on every copy, and then people might back off. But otherwise, they're <laughs> gonna hit they're gonna hit their goal. Um, Oh, and the other nice thing is that this is uh, it's language independent. So um, the only translation that'll be in there will be for the actual rules. But the the cards and all that stuff, it's just numbers, uh, numbers and symbols. So you don't have to know. Oh, yep, yep. You know, if, if you're worried, well, you know, if they're making this in Bulgaria, do I need to know how to? Is Bulgarian a language? I'm guessing or the, whatever. See, here's my ethnocentricity. Yeah. Here's, here's the ugly American coming out here. Uh. 
don't think they just all speak French in Europe. I thought that's all. They, everyone speaks French, right? In German? Well, everyone almost spoke German, but... <laughs> But yes, no, uh, their official language is Bulgarian. Yes. All right. Good. I thought it was, but you know, I didn't want to also have some. We don't speak Bulgarian. What are you, an idiot? We speak, you know, Slavaconic or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So you don't need to worry about having to speak Bulgarian or French or Portuguese. Sorry, Brazilian Portuguese, because there's someone in Brazil on the team. Yep. So yeah, there's different flavors of Portuguese for sure. Yes. So. You don't need to worry about the fact that, you know, you're not, well, it's all going to be in German. This is like Haba games all over again where everything's in German. I don't, what's Robin Hunt? What's Robin Hound? <laughs> Take a class. Get Duolingo something. So, but that's what we got for this one. Battalion of the Creation, 24 days to go. Cool looking deck builder, some cool looking art. No, it does. An epic video. <laughs> you need to check that video out. <laughs> for it real. Yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely some uh, true stereotype of that kind of Eastern European flair bit to it. Oh, okay, it, sure. So nice. All right. Well, uh, Battalia is our Battalia, the creation. It's our Kickstarter pick of the week. All right. Thank you. We're going to move on now to the meat of the deal here. We have the discussion section here. Live by the sword, die by the sword. The game master's role of having to reward or punish players. Reward. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's a lot easier to handle things like that when you have a module or, you know, something that's pre-gen, pre-made for you to work with because it does give you guidelines for, well, if you don't find this, this could happen. Or if you do find this, this happens and it's a good thing. Um, if you are creating your own adventure, you kind of are on your own and you need to have kind of a steady or even hand at your rewards or punishments or things kind of get unbalanced. Like I played a game where someone just rewarded the ever-loving crap out of us and showered us in, in gold and platinum and gave us magic items left and right. And then the game kind of became unbalanced because everybody didn't necessarily use their skills. They all We all reached into our pouch and pulled out our, our wand or just, you know, waved our staff that we had and, and, and kicked ass, you know. And, and yeah, you had to recharge it, but you know what? If you did really well on certain battles, yo, you got new stuff. So it it's really it really comes more into play when you create your own adventure. And I wanted to just kind of talk to Glenn because you know he's obviously well he's run a lot more games than I have, um, and I, I wanted to get a perspective and. In the games I've run, I have done rewarding and, and punishing, and I was a little bit more timid back in the day when I ran stuff. And looking back, now that I've played a lot more and I know a lot more, I know how I would kind of go about doing it now. So let's open the discussion here with the question of when you are running something in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Miss Runner or whatever your game is if somebody does something that's outlandishly dumb that 
you know, they're just screwing around and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to kill an orphan or, you know, maybe something not that truly evil and traumatic, but, you know, something really bad. How do you go about handling that? Um, well, I, I am, I don't stand for a lot of general shenanigans at the table. If people are, are playing, if they're playing through their character, there's still consequences for doing bad things. It's when people go outside of their character that there can be some, I can have some pretty severe uh, things. I've even, this hasn't happened for a long time, but I even, I did ban a player from the group. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, but I mean, that was someone where they got to the point where they were disrupting play all the time by doing things that they were playing a paladin. And this is the old, the old days when paladins could only be lawful good. Sure. They're lawful yep. good. That means you can't kick beggars, you can't steal stuff, you can't kill prisoners, and he would do that stuff constantly. And I would kept telling him, "You can't do that. This completely against your character. You're going to have penalties." And then he was starting fights with the other players. Well, first their characters, then the players themselves. And that was when I actually had to ban that person. Um, but general in play stuff, I definitely play through with consequences for stuff. I try not. I try to, you know, just instantly go, well, you're dead. I mean, if they do something <laughs> yeah. truly stupid, um, some, some, some may say something stupid. Like when I was running an RPGA event at Gen Con one year, and the kicks are on a boat. And, well, three of them are on one boat, three of them are on another boat, and a shark starts to attack, a shark starts to attack one of the other boats. And the person in the non-shark boat says, I'm going to jump in and fight the shark. To which I oh. say, you're going to jump in as you are right now? Yes. So I said, so wearing your full plate armor, you're going to jump in the water. So I'm giving him an out. And he goes, well, yeah, I need, I'm not going to jump in without my armor. It'd be too easy to hit me. So he jumps in, full armor, to which I say, you need to make a strength check. He's like, why? I'm like, because you just jumped into water in the ocean wearing 60 pounds of armor. Oh, I should be able to swim with that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strong. I'm like, that's why you need to make a strength check, which he failed. So he started to sink. Oh. He proceeded to fail every strength check I gave him, and he ended up dying because he sank to the bottom of the ocean, to which he thought that was unfair. <laughs> wow. Okay. Even while other players are saying, just take your armor off. And he says, no, it's a thousand gold pieces. I'm like, I wanted to scream at him like, you are the biggest idiot. This is not a real character. This is a pre-gen for a one-off event, so what if you lose your thousand gold piece armor? Mm. He would rather die, apparently, and then report me to the RPGA for being unfair in killing his character, because apparently you have to cater to the morons of the world. Like, yep, maybe, maybe if I was a manufacturer, I'd have to put the warning on the armor saying, "Do not swim in the ocean with me on," <laughs> but I don't have to do that. I gave yeah. you the out. I I gave you the, the basically if you're DM or game master, whatever you want to call them, at any point gives you in any variation of the, are you sure? Yeah. That is immediately time to rethink the actions you're going to do because this is the, you're about to do something stupid and I'm going to have to smack you for it. <laughs> so, you know, like a good parent, you're like, are you sure that that's what you want? All right. Okay. Here you go. So, and, and that's like a nice GM. I've had GMs where they're like, you're going to do that? Okay, here you go. Um, 
So that that's being incredibly nice, giving somebody an out. And, you know, for the sake of the group, and especially at the beginning, you know, if, if you're playing with people that haven't played with you before, giving people the opportunity to get the feel of the type of game you run, you know, giving them an out for doing stupid things is definitely... I think that I would recommend that highly. If you decide to carry that through, you know, to to every uh, session that you run, you know, and then that's your that's definitely your prerogative to do that. But I don't know to start out when everybody's kind of feeling out the limits of everything. I think that's that's really important to to, to do. Yes, um, there is something else I do, which ends up having consequences. Is um, and I don't do this with a, without, with a group without letting them know how it works. It particularly happens when they get in conversations with important people in the game, perhaps an antagonist or a contact, where I go, all right, we are in real time. Okay, yep. And so that because the thing that bothers me is when players, characters, will be having a conversation with, say, uh, somebody who they need to trick in some way to get information out of or something or some bad villain or whatever, and they're having a conversation of how they want this conversation to proceed. I'm like, are you, are you currently having this conversation in the room with him here? They're like, well, no, we're discussing strategy. Like, well, you're already in the room. <laughs> yep. And telling, saying that, should we should we stab him? Should, should we just take the <laughs> ring for He hears everything you're saying. <laughs> and if he doesn't, he sees you whispering to each other. So either way, he's on edge now. Yep. And, and I've had many times where there have been consequences where there was one where it was simply the, somebody to get information out of. That's all they needed information from. It was a, a crime boss. And they start talking about various things and they're whispering to each other. And I said, are you doing that in the room right now? They're like, well, we're just discussing strategy. To which I then, as the crime boss, go, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> they're like, what about, he's like, he's like, you're over there whispering. You're in my house and you're telling secrets right in front of me like I'm some kind of blind idiot. And he, they end up getting beaten up, thrown out of the place because when it, when it comes when it comes to overwhelming odds in a game, if if you're like four adventures and the entire city watch shows up, I'm not going to play out combat. No, I'm not going to play out combat. You're captured. You want to try to if you want to actually try to fight the entire city guard, then I'll just kill you. Yeah, just hand me your character sheet. We're just done. Just hand me your character sheet. You're done because no. You're not going to fight the entire city. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like, well, but on paper, I, you know what? No, because I don't go strictly with what's written on a character sheet, what strictly happens by the die rolls and stuff like that. I, I have a, some semblance of realism. Yes, I'm talking about realism in a world with, you know, elves and, you know, <laughs> dragons and stuff. But it's the fact that, you know, even Conan at times ran away. Yeah. So, and guess what? You ain't freaking Conan. <laughs> so, yeah, and you know, I, I I've played in games where you know the players just anyone that's been cross-eyed just gets a smack down, and I'm like, no, you know, that's one. If you're playing villains, fine to a degree, but there's still gonna be consequences for actions. Two, if you're supposed to be the heroes, I mean, come on, really, you're gonna beat up everyone in the bar and steal their money? No, that's yeah. gonna have bad bad consequences. Now, I love to reward people who do great role playing. Yeah. I will yep. reward them all day long. I mean, when, if you can get really good role-playing, then I'm like, Oprah, you get gold, and you get gold, and you get a magic sword, and you get a magic sword, <laughs> you know, and I'll throw stuff out like it's like it's candy because I want to reward that type of play. Uh, but if you're going to – if you just think that you're going to be king shit at level two, I'm like, sorry, no. 
I got news for you. Even at level ten or level twenty, there's always someone. Oh, you're you're pretty tough, huh? Uh, there's this guy. His name is Odin. He wants to have a word with you. <laughs> Good luck with that. And I don't <laughs> use the deities and demigods rules where they all have stats. Screw that. He's Odin. Yep. You know what his, his hit points are? Forever. That's his hit points. Forever. Imagine an eight and now tip it on its side. And yes. we're done. <laughs> yep. Oh, you did You did 80 points of damage to him. He regenerates 100. <laughs> of the 58 billion hit points he currently has, unless he decides he wants more. Because he's a god. He's a god. He has a prerogative. Yeah. Yes. So... Would you say, um, I, and I don't want to necessarily get into to territory that we've we've covered in past episodes, but do you think that guiding characters, helping them make better decisions, is a way to go? Um, gentle guidance, not okay. railroading. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and that's that's kind of where I I bring up the you know the are you sure's type of thing. Now, I mean, if someone wants to just do something slightly off base, I won't correct them on that. I, there may be a repercussion later on. Sure. Sometimes yep. there's not. You know, I mean, if, if you're if you're in a in a place you're not supposed to be and no one knows you're there and you steal stuff, you might never get found out. That's a possibility. So you may have gotten away with your little petty theft. You might not, because you know, yep. this is a world of magic or whatever. You know, if it's the future, they, you know, they can look for fingerprints or whatever. Yep. So they might catch you sometime down the road, and all of a sudden you show up at some, hey, we're docking this spaceport. Yeah, yeah, let me see your, hey, there's a warrant for your arrest. Look at that. Look at that. There's a warrant for you. Hey, Bobby, it's the guy we were looking for. Yes, yeah, well, coming I, to us. That was actually a game I played in. We showed up <laughs> somewhere, and it was the, oh, hold on a second. And they push a little button on the counter, and they, they say, can you send Mark in? We're like, what's Mark? And I was like, the whole security squad comes in. We're like, what's going on? They're like, oh, he has a 12,000 credit bounty on his head. And we're going to collect it. We're like, what? Yeah, he owes money to a loan shark who uh, put a bounty on him. And we're like, oh, so we actually do have to pay that back. Oops. <laughs> See, and, and I think that that really lends so much to making a great game is delayed consequence. Oh yeah. Having a you know, having like a callback to something that was done before or maybe having a reward, maybe you helped somebody and then later on in the game, hey, I never got a chance to say thank you and and they do something nice for you. Um I I think that that really adds a whole extra layer to a game and really shows that the choices that you make, the things that you do in the game, aren't just die rolling and, and, and BSing. There's actual, it's a living, breathing world that you're dealing with, and things happen while you're not necessarily there or paying attention to it. And other people talk, other people interact. And if, you know, your tales of a good deed spreads on down the line later on, I mean, that just really kind of, I always feel better about a game that I'm playing when I know that that extra layer is there. Mm -hmm. You know, um, those are the games that I, I really enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, a, a great example, Todd Roll. <laughs> I haven't mentioned Todd in, in uh, I think I missed him last episode, so I feel bad. Um, <clears throat> but, 
you know, he would add stuff like that to games where you would make a choice and later on there would be consequences for that. The delayed consequence or the delayed reward um, is also kind of nice too. Um, because sometimes that can be given to you at a point in time when you really need it. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you know, you're, you're desperate. You're, you know, at, at your wits end trying to make something happen. And all of a sudden somebody goes, Hey, you know, I never really got a chance to say thank you for that thing. Or <clears throat> yeah, we're with the city guard and uh, we're going to collect the bounty on your head because you screwed somebody over. Um, I think that that, that really just, that can take a good game and make an ex an exceptional game. So, yeah. um, you know, playing a game that is just purely hack and slash and die roll while it is, um, <clears throat> I don't want to poo poo that it's acceptable. Any way that you play an RPG is the way that you play. And that's awesome. But if you're looking for a more storytelling based game, you're looking more for the story than necessarily the action. Um, definitely having rewards and consequences and, you know, maybe delaying that or just having that living, breathing layer that is all kind of a part of that consequences for other things that are done in other places. Um, an interaction that you, <clears throat> excuse me, good Lord, an interaction that you have with another character can set on a, a domino effect for other things to happen. And if you as the game master and, you know, don't wander down the road of insanity trying to figure out how to domino affect things. But if you find an opportunity to maybe make a call back to that later, that's awesome because now you have really made the game seem more alive, more active and not just reactive um, and, and really make it more rewarding. I think. Mm -hmm. All right. So general consensus, um, you know, reward consequence really needs to be in a game and it shouldn't be heavy handed. Now I've played a game where you had to hit it right on the head if you wanted to find the thing, that thing that was very important and there was no guidance. There was no clues. It was you solve the puzzle or you, or you don't and you're done. And that was, that was a little hard, hard to play. That was really rough. And uh, you know, it seemed like this person really believed in <clears throat> heavy consequence for action or inaction. And that, that's why I made sure to say an even-handed approach. Because um, it's really frustrating to play in a game where there is heavy consequence, where everything you do, if you do something slightly off maybe off of what was anticipated by the game master <clears throat> and really heavily punish that person for making that decision, even though it was sort of close to what needed to be done. <clears throat> um, sorry about that. Um, that that's, that's hard to sit through as a player. And I don't know if you've ever been in a game like that, Glenn. Um, I can't remember. Uh, nothing's nothing's jumping to my mind right now. So. Okay, okay, and that's fine, and that's that's probably a good thing. <laughs> that means that you've you've really overall have had pretty even-handed games that you've played, and that is a lot more enjoyable, I think. 
and having that balanced approach to reward and consequence, um, I think is key. Key to a really I th- good storytelling. I think in basically. games where, particularly where, where the reward has been very high, um, it was generally because you were going to face very high risk. Yes. If you overcome great odds to accomplish something that you, you know, maybe you were taking on a boss that was supposed to take five players and two people were sick. And, you know, even though you're, maybe you were running them as NPCs um, or maybe somebody was running that character for somebody else, you know, it really depends on the gaming group. Like the group I'm in on Monday nights, if one of us is sick or out, you know, somebody will play that character for you. And that's generally accepted. And we leave our character sheet. Oh, no. In this one particular game we're playing, we have our own character sheets right now. Typically speaking, <laughs> we leave our character sheets with the game master, which I highly recommend. Because um, if somebody's sick and, you know, if you want to keep running that game, you know, if you've got, you know, a group of five or six people canceling the game because you don't have one character sheet is really... Oh, that's that, kinda, sucks. that sucks. That sucks a lot. Um, so, and then that also gives you as a game master, I've found at least that I can do a little accountancy, you know, uh, if it's, if like something happened in the game and I wasn't keeping track of it, I can take a look at the sheet and go, Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I missed that. Um, so it's really kind of nice to, to look at that. Um, so, but if, if you run with a group of people that, are very uncomfortable with somebody else playing their character and they're worried about that character dying, um, then maybe that's not an option. Maybe you don't get to do that. And that, well, that's, that, that can, that can be kind of rough, but you know, it really depends on the, the kind of group that you have. And if that's, if that's the way you guys roll and that's the way you guys roll. Um, so, uh, and then that's always kind of difficult playing somebody else's character trying to put yourself in the position of what kind of decisions would they make? <laughs> Cause you don't want to necessarily screw them over with consequences of your misinterpretation of the character and how they, how they operate. So, uh, but I think that a game master would kind of under, hopefully would understand that and, and adjust accordingly. So a good, a good game master would. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've really kind of covered everything that there is to cover on this particular subject, unless you can think of something else. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think when you establish, you need to establish the boundaries, um, especially for, for punishment that needs to be established early on. I think. Yeah. You need to be upfront with your group so that they, they understand it's, it's, in a way, it's like dealing with a child. And I'm not saying that, you know, all players are, are idiots that need to be coddled, but you need to get, because this is playtime. It's yeah. still, you know, it's still playtime. And all playtime needs a boundary. You need to know what lines you can and cannot cross. Because, especially in role-playing games, you will have, that line will vary depending on what you're playing. Sure, yep. I mean, I mean that line is going to be much different in, say, Vampire than in uh, perhaps a D&D campaign. Yeah. Yes. Or you know, or a Call of Cthulhu game. You know, these these lines will vary based on what you're doing. You know, if you're if you're playing the, hey, we're basically the Avengers, uh, you know, superhero game. Well, then you know what you're gonna try to stop Manhattan from being destroyed. Not saying, hey, you know what, <laughs> I do want to do plasma TV. Yeah. Yep. 
No, agreed. And being a Wolverine does not pay a lot. <laughs> and maybe not so much as um, rules for children, but maybe as a syllabus. Or maybe yeah. that's, um, here's, here's the course layout. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to accomplish. Here's what happens if you don't meet these goals or expectations. Um, and, and lay it out that way. So, but I mean, both, both analogies are, are apt and accurate. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. Being, setting that tone at the beginning of the game and, you know, maybe you're a GM that doesn't like a whole lot of, you know, BS table talk. You know, it's like when, when the clock is running, we're, we're playing and, you know, before, after the game is when you talk about what you saw on Facebook, but right now we're, we're in the game. And maybe you walk away from the table if we're in a combat and you're not involved or, you know, if you want to stretch your legs or whatever, and that's perfectly acceptable. I think laying down those, those boundaries is, is probably very important so that everybody is not upset because they're misinterpreting something, which, you know, that, that can happen. Um, uh, but, you know, so setting up those clear boundaries, I think, is the, the grown-up adult thing to do in any situation, be it be a gaming or life. <laughs> so, no, I, I think that's 100% accurate. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up here and we're going to talk about Hello, My Name Is. Uh, it's your opportunity to tell us about your favorite character that you have or are currently playing, whether that is Pathfinder, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, pick your poison, whatever the game system uh, that you play, that you enjoy that character, you can go to galacticnetcasts.com and go to the Adventure Party page and you can click on the, the icon that says, Hello, my name is, and you can fill out a little bit of information about yourself and your character. Yes, we do ask for an email address. No, we do not spam people. That is not the purpose of that. Um, we want to send you a frameable certificate saying that you have been a part of hello my name is and that even that would be emailed back to you if you are selected so that's what that is for um yeah i want to thank you glenn for joining us in one of our shorter discussions but i think that's kind of a it's a clear-cut kind of a thing i think there's very little room for gray when it comes to rewards and consequences um by its very nature, you need to be pretty clear about how that all runs because any any shades of gray and things get weird, things get awkward, and misinterpretations of things happen, and then people get angry. Um, and then game groups can can fall apart, and that's the one thing you don't want to have happen if you've got a good group of people. So uh, where can people go to find out more about Mist Runner and about the B-Movie Bunker? Uh, tell them it's use Google. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Mist Runners on Facebook, as is the Beam Bunker, as is Naked Hobo Productions. You can find me at mistrunner.com, uh, or you can follow me on the Twitter uh, at Naked Hobo. And uh, people really need to check out your horror short films that you've done. Yes, they do. I highly recommend them. As Hell, as Pray, and Handy. Three movies, three words. Yes. <laughs> and as somebody who has backed, I think I backed all three of them. I think so. I think. Uh, yeah, I think I did. 
and and well worth it and uh, what you what you put together on all three of those was was fun and very interesting and well done so i highly recommend you, folks checking that out um you wear you wear many different hats you're a very interesting dude and that's one of the other reasons why i wanted you on the show because <laughs> you're an interesting and, and what's impressive is i wear that many hats and i have a really fat head <laughs> It's hard finding a hat that fits. Glenn is a very, very tall and solidly built individual, and and my me try him trying to wear the hat I'm wearing on my head right now while I do this show would be comical. We would have to let it out quite a bit because I've got a wee melon compared to uh to compared to Glenn. That's where all the brains are. That was my giant brain <laughs> and burritos. <laughs> it's like Sputnik. No, that's something completely different. Um, <clears throat> you can find the Adventure Party uh, by going to galacticnetcasts.com, and there you'll find all the different social media outlets, like our YouTube channel. Uh, you can watch this version uh, of the show. Uh, I've mentioned uh, that I was kind of showing the image of the Weeping Angel with the little piece of paper that said, Don't, don't Blink. That was hiding underneath it uh, from the folks at Hot Topic, which <laughs> absolutely made my day. I thought that was hilarious. I just, I damn near wet myself. I was laughing so hard. I uh, had to take a picture of it and share it on the Facebook. So um, you can also uh, check us out on iTunes or Stitcher. And uh, if you do that, please take a moment and review the show. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us a starred rating based on what you thought of that particular episode. We appreciate the feedback. And your reviews, positive or negative, really kind of help help shape the show. And we want to make the best show that we possibly can. And your feedback uh, is greatly appreciated and will help that along. So thank you very much. You can leave us a message uh, at galacticnetcasts at gmail.com. You can call us at 805 328 3966805-328-3966. And by message us, I mean you can call and leave a voice message or you can actually text to that number. You know, rates may apply depending on your particular cell package. Um, or you can go to the website itself, galacticnetcasts.com, and there is a uh, <clears throat> excuse me, graphic on the right-hand side of the screen where you can click it, and if you have a microphone attached to your computer, you can leave us a message directly through your computer. How simple is that? That's pretty damn simple. So I uh, want to thank you so much for joining us on the Adventure Party. May your characters never die, and your adventures always be epic. Thank you much. have been listening to a presentation of galacticnetcasts.com for more about the show you just listened to including how to subscribe give us feedback links to our social feeds and more please visit www.galacticnetcasts.com <laughs>